Well, good morning, Catalyst. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. How many, how many dads we got out there? Uh-huh, awesome. So, so glad you guys are here. Uh, congratulations to you. Fatherhood is an amazing thing, and I want to wish all of you a happy Father's Day. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I um, want to also uh, let you guys know, today is the last part of our series called, uh, called Visible. We've been going through the fruit of the Spirit, the things that the Holy Spirit does through us when we surrender our lives to Christ. He produces love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What the Bible says is that that's the mark of a spirit-filled person. A spirit-filled person has those things. Okay, and increasing, increasing uh, measure. And today, we're on the very last one, which is self-control. Um, the main thing today is that no one can control you but you. No one can control you but you. Okay, So uh, um, I, I believe any good speaker knows that people are going to remember the first thing you say and the last thing you say in a list of things. If I gave you a list of numbers, you'd, you'd remember the first one and the last one. Well, Paul, putting love first and self-control last, those are probably the most important ones. And for good reason. Without self-control, uh, no one will exhibit any of the others. If patience is a virtue, is, is one of the fruit of the Spirit, there's no way you're going to have patience without self-control. Self-control is the key to all of these things the Holy Spirit wants us to do within us. And, and many people, myself included, struggle with self-control. That's no front-page news. You know, you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet or <clears throat> you go to the store, you see something that angers you. Uh, self-control is a tough one. But I would imagine that most of our problems, if not all of the problems we create for ourselves, is due to a lack of self-control. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, if we're going to do what God wants us to do, live as God wants us to live, we're going to have to have lives dictated by self-control. So let's just go ahead and start in. Uh, the first thing is that all things begin in your mind. All things begin in your mind. You get a hold of this, you can get hold of everything. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 is one of my favorite verses of all time. I'd highly recommend you write it down, underline it in your Bible, commit it to memory, whatever it is. But this is it. Paul says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sells us up, up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. Everybody say every thought. Every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We don't act on every thought that comes into our mind. Thank goodness we don't. Amen? I mean, and we are not victims at the whims of our thoughts. Maybe, maybe this is what you need to get through your head today, is that we are not victims just at the whims of our thoughts. A lot of us think we are. But on the contrary, the Bible tells us that Christians are people that take every thought captive. We control our thoughts. Our thoughts don't control us. And we make them obedient to Christ. I love that. You're in control of what goes on in your mind. You're in control of it. Uh, so take your thoughts captive. Submit them to Christ. Someone says, well, I can't do that. I can't control my thoughts. Well, you're right. With that attitude, you certainly won't. I hear that a lot. But I'm going to challenge you to do something to give you a totally new perspective. I wrote down four statements here that I hear as a pastor and as a father and as a husband and as a, as a, as a coach. I, I hear these in the words all, all the time. These four statements right here. See if you can recognize yourself in any of these four statements here. Well, not there. Okay, well, here, here's, here's 
Uh, here's where it is. The, the first one is, I can't stop spending. I've heard that. Y'all heard that? I can't stop spending. The second one, I can't stop eating. That's one I say a lot. Uh, I can't control my mouth. Heard that one a lot. I can't let things go. I've heard that a lot. Well, see, these are the words of someone that is not living out 2 Corinthians 10.5. This is a person who is not in control, has not taken control of the thoughts, and is not, has not made them obedient to Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit calls us something different. He renews our minds. He gives us a new heart, a new attitude. Okay, And so I've fixed those four statements. I've, I've fixed them. From, uh, I, I, there, was a, there was a typo. I, I fixed them. Uh, from I can't stop spending to I won't stop spending. From I can't stop eating to I won't stop eating. Uh, from I can't control my mouth to I won't control my mouth. And from I can't let things go to I won't let things go. Do you see the difference there? See, can't, the word can't implies that you're a victim, that you're a, that you're a victim of things beyond your control. But won't says, no, I'm in charge, and it's, and it's my job. See, guys, all things begin in your mind. I want to challenge you to change the word can't to won't. Can't to won't. Because, because you can no longer be the victim. Whole different meaning, isn't it? See, the Holy Spirit changes our entire thought process with one single word, changing can't to won't. So, uh, um, and the second thing that, that we do after we change can't to won't is this. Uh, people who cannot control themselves try to control other people. Remember that. If you cannot control yourself, your next step will be to try to control other people. Okay? Uh, the, the 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says this. This is a prophecy about the end times. This is what society is going to look like right before Jesus returns. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God have nothing to do with them. Having a form of godliness but denying his power. The great British philosopher John Cleese said this, People who cannot control their emotions have no choice but to control the actions of others. If you hear something and it triggers an emotion within you and you cannot control that emotion, your next step will be to try to control the person outside of you. And we see that in society all the time. We see that in, our, in increasingly uh, greater degrees in American society today. People will insult, they'll mock, they'll threaten, they'll undermine people that, 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 uh, um, that uh, of the people they're trying to control the actions of. They will do this because they can't handle their own emotions, so they have to stop you from triggering them. People who cannot control their emotions will try to control other people. And that is not what God wants for the Christian. We're not to try to control other people. We're not, try to, we're not to impose ourselves on people. What we can do as Christians is propose. We can propose a better vision. We can propose a better thought process. We can propose something better. But we cannot impose ourselves on people because that's not how God works. God doesn't impose on anyone. He doesn't override your free will. 
He doesn't, he doesn't uh, uh, take away your options. He allows you free will, and therefore we allow other people free will. We just propose, but we don't impose. Okay, so what do you do when someone states an offensive opinion in your company? What do you do? Someone with a different political uh, uh, message than you, someone with a different religious belief, do you react and try to control them and say, don't say that in my presence and, and this kind of stuff? Or... Do you, are you in control of yourself? So you guys, people that can't control themselves will try to control other people. And that's not the kind of church you want to be. That's not the kind of society you want to be. Okay? So con uh, conservative commentator Ben Shapiro goes and speaks on college campuses. He encounters a mob everywhere he goes. Uh, they chant and they protest, they pull fire alarms to try to shut down his talk by interrupting, etc. Well, why do they do this? Well, it's easy. Because they cannot control their emotions. And therefore, they have to try to control him. They have no choice but to try to control his behavior. And listen, if you cannot handle someone's opinion being different than yours, the problem is with you, not with them. You will spend your entire life trying to police what other people do. You will try in futility to try to control the behavior of, of people that disagree with you. And that is not what God wants you to do. That's a fool's errand. It's exercising futility. You can't do it. Okay? So you can't control the behaviors of others. It is not your job, nor is it mine. You can control your emotions. That's why the Holy Spirit develops self-control within us. And where self-control, the Holy Spirit is where, where Christianity is the majority. That's why we have so much freedom in this country. It was founded on Christian principles. That's why we have freedom of the press, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom to petition our government. The First Amendment says that. Why? Because Christians don't believe in controlling other people. We believe in proposing a better solution, but not imposing ourselves on anyone. And the further America drifts away from the Christian principles, we do not become more free. We become more oppressed. Look at the Soviet Union. Look at communist countries. Look where, where the word of God is not lifted up and revered and honored. There is no freedom. None. Only totalitarianism. So there we exercise self-control. When you control of your emotions, you feel no need to control other people. It's a message for America in 2019. But the secret to self-control is it's an exercise in futility unless we do this one thing. If we become fully satisfied in God. That is how we exercise self-control. This is bringing it all home. This entire series bringing it all home, becoming fully satisfied in God. Philippians 4, 12 through 13. Amazing verse. Please underline it and memorize it. Paul says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. A person who is fully satisfied doesn't even need to exercise self-control. Think about it. You already have a full stomach. You don't have to be, exercise self-control. At the all-you-can-eat buffet, you're already full. If you have everything you want, you won't be tempted for more. Having to exercise self-control implies there's something missing within you. Hear this. Having to exercise self-control means you think there's something missing within you. And a lot of times, you feel entitled to it. It's missing. There's a gnawing hunger. There's, there's something unsatisfied within you. 
And that's why you have to exercise self-control. The cravings, the desires aren't the problem. They're the symptom of the fact that you have not found full satisfaction in God. And that's a quest for the Christian. Only God can provide the ultimate satisfaction for our souls. And we'll spend our entire lives, people, trying to find something to satisfy us when God is right there all the time. Only God can do this. St. Augustine said it best. You have made us for yourself, God, and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you. That was stated almost 2,000 years ago. One of my all-time favorite worship songs is Enough. Song Enough by Chris Tomlin. All of you is more than enough for all of me. For every thirst and every need, you satisfy me with your love and all I have in you is more than enough. When we're fully satisfied in God, when we're content with what we have and who we are, we have need of nothing else, we will truly have self-control. We'll feel no need for drugs or alcohol's effects because we're fully satisfied in God. We'll feel no need to buy things we don't need because we're fully satisfied already. Feel no need to indulge in pornography or because we are satisfied already. We'll feel no need to react in anger or to take revenge because we're at peace with God and everyone else. When we're fully satisfied in God, then only then will we have self-control. Okay, so this is what it looks like to be fully satisfied. Proverbs uh, 25, 28 says, Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. If you have no self-control... Your life will be utter chaos, like a city whose walls have been broken through by an invading army. So this is what it looks like. The first thing is this. Take no offense when none is intended. And 99% of the time, none was intended. When you have self-control, you will take no offense when none is intended. Somebody says something that upsets you. Did they mean it? Probably not. So let it go because you have self-control. All right? Stop complaining. It's literally rewiring your brain. People who complain and who react negatively are rewiring their brain to do it more often. Studies have shown that. Okay? So take no offense when none is intended. And 99% of the time, none was intended. All right? The second thing that we have to understand is this, that understand that your passions are trying to ruin you. There's a part of you and a part of me that is trying to destroy you. We, let's just call it the lemming. There's a lemming within you that is trying to get you to throw yourself off a cliff. Okay? It really is. There's a part of you. The Bible uses more theological terms. It calls it the flesh. There's a spirit and there's the flesh. Two natures at war within you. Romans 8.5 says this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. St. Francis of Assisi referred to his body, his flesh, as brother donkey. Well... Actually, actually, he used a different word for donkey. He used the King James Bible word for donkey, but see, my mom and dad are here, and I can't say that word. <laughs> so I'm not allowed. So, you know, but, so, but he called it brother donkey because it would not do what he wanted it to do. Serve God, body, hee-haw. Nah, we ain't doing that. Truth? Uh, and and, and the, the, the lemming side of you, the flesh side of you, uh, is trying to ruin you. You have an entire side of you trying to, like a lemming, get you to jump off a cliff. It doesn't care what's right. It doesn't care what the effects are. It doesn't care what the consequences are. It doesn't care who you hurt in the process. It just wants its own way. Understand that that's a part of you. It wants what it wants and wants it now. And you will not, won't understand the power of the flesh until you start asking questions like this. 
Why do you buy things you don't need? Why do you eat so much when you're not starving? Why do you say things you know aren't true simply because you're mad? Why do you blame inanimate objects for existing? You're walking around in the dark and you step on a Lego, dads. And you blame the stupid Lego, right? Or something else. I want to show you guys something. Something I took up about three years ago. Check out, check out this picture here. It's a picture of me and Sam deer hunting. That's a buck that we got. And uh, normally, deer are far back in the brush, a long, long way away from, from humans. Their senses are amazing. I found this out. They, their nose is 100 times more sensitive than a bloodhound. Their eyes, their ears, they can hear anything they can see. They are attuned. I mean, they're, they are sharp. Except for this one time of the year. You know why the hunting season is in November? There's a reason for it. It's mating season. It's mating season. And a hunter, if, if, if a deer had self-control, there would be no hunting season. <laughs> a hunter takes the deer's lack of self-control during this time of season and uses it to kill him. See, the way that a hunter hunts deer is you bait them with two things, food and sex. If you want a buck, you, you basically hang up uh, something dipped in dough estrus, signaling, hey, this mating time. And you put a big corn pile in the middle of a field. And see, guys, isn't it amazing? The same things I use as a hunter to get deer to drop all common sense, to throw all caution to the wind, is the same thing that Satan uses to hunt us, isn't it? See, the deer don't understand why the corn pile is free. I do. I'm a hunter. I'm very willing to provide something for free because I've got ulterior motives. All they sense, though, is that it's right out there in the open. It's so much quicker. It's so much easier. See, in order to get that much corn, they'd have to graze in a field, an acre, take them all day. Man, it's just sitting right there, right there, and it's free. See, the deer never questions why it's free. They don't understand when something's free, it's easy and quick. They just by design. See, I hunt deer the same way Satan hunts you and me. Whatever it takes to get the deer to abandon all reason, all caution, ignore his senses, make it quick and attractive enough, and he'll reel us in. See, I don't want the deer to exercise self-control. I want him to go with whatever first pops in his head. I want him to go with his impulses. See, that's how a hunter works. I don't want that deer to ask questions, questions like, who put this corn pile here and why? I wonder why. See, deer don't ask those questions. They're dumb animals. It's so wonderful that we're so much smarter, so much more sophisticated. We don't get taken in by things like that, do we? By the quick and the easy getting us to abandon all reason and logic and thought of consequence. Oh, we humans are so much more refined than deer. There's no way that we would ever fall for what's quick, easy, and attractive. No way that we throw all caution to the wind, be lured in by the promise of free and cheap sex, huh? No, never been anyone in the history of humanity to destroy their health by giving it into cravings, immediate gratification of fast, easy food, huh? Passions are trying to ruin you because Satan understands something about you that you don't. 
that if you make it quick and easy and attractive enough, he can get you to abandon all reason. Just like a hunter. So, see, you guys, we're in a battle with our passions. They're trying to ruin you. They're trying to ruin your family. They're trying to ruin your life. They're trying to ruin your reputation, your career, your health, your marriage, your livelihood. It does not matter what it takes to ruin you. Your passions are trying to do that. It, it, like a lemming, your, your passion is trying to get you to jump off a cliff in all those areas. So they exercise self-control, and we don't let them. Instead, we allow the Holy Spirit of God to develop self-control within us. I've asked uh, uh, Jamie Tillett to come up and, and share a little bit about, uh, about something that he's been able to be successful in. Come on up, Jamie. Um, and something he's been ex- successful in over the last year or so, and um, it's pretty neat. So you guys welcome Jamie Tillett to the stage. Oh, you got, okay, sorry about that. You're prepared. All right. That's it's kind of strange around here for, for us to be prepared. Yeah, he was. Yeah, awesome. So uh, um, we were talking about you know, self-control and, and everything like that. And why don't you just kind of share just a little bit about what, what, what you're up here to do, what you're up here to say. Well, I mean, talk about the last Turn on your mic there. Yeah. Say, talk about the last year or so. Oh. Good? Yeah, there you go. All right. Last year <laughs> or so um, about uh, the change that I've went through. Um, you know, and like Amanda had said uh, last week, uh, where I got uh, took took some time. It didn't. It wasn't wasn't overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was basically a, a long trek of 25 years of lacking the self control to manage my diet and exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, like you talked today. Hold closer to your mouth so, so everybody can hear. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not used oh, to oh, this. Oh, I know. I want everybody <laughs> to be able to hear you because it's really good stuff. Um, you know, I like the deer. I lacked the self. The uh, um, well, I lacked the self-control and fell into the trap of convenience mm-hmm. uh, to do what was, uh, you know, instead of doing what was best for me. And um, so, I, you know, over the 25 years, I basically went from a high school football player to college football player, you know, very fit, um, to, uh, to ultimately being diagnosed with high blood pressure, mm-hmm. um, to being diagnosed with uh, sleep apnea. And this is the kind of sleep apnea that, you go into the sleep study, and um, three hours into it, they they um, they stop you and they say, "Look, um, we we're gonna we're gonna need to fit you up for a CPAP today, mm-hmm. and you need to start wearing it immediately." Mm-hmm. Um, it it was that bad. <clears throat> um, I was also diagnosed with uh, fatty liver disease, mm-hmm. and uh, had elevated uh, liver enzymes, and uh, and. You know, and as a, as a bonus to that, I kind of, well, I had, uh, I'm on the wrong, yeah, got it. Um, so ultimately, I got to uh, 325 pounds, and um, my BMI index was, uh, I was obese class three, which is morbid obesity, um, and I had a I, Look at the pictures here. I had a pant size of uh, of 48, and I was, uh, you know, I wasn't that active. And there's one more, too. Oh. One back. There you go. So there's me. How long, ago, how long ago was that picture? Uh, two, two years ago. Two years ago? Okay. Three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. Um, so, 
So there were, there were several things that were kind of hitting yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so there's all kinds of things colliding together. I started having lower back issues. Um, I, I uh, coached Matthew's Little League best, or baseball team, which about killed me, carrying all that extra weight around. It made me really feel it. Um, I had uh, a brother that uh, had catastrophic liver failure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, thank, thanks to God, he made it through, though. He had emergency liver transplant. You know, that, that brought my own health into the forefront. Um, and then having my liver enzymes, uh, again, um, a current doctor um, reevaluated that, and my liver enzymes are uh, elevated, and mm -hmm. he, uh, he did an ultrasound and found that my liver was very fatty. And uh, as, a, as a bonus to all that, I had uh, my uh, cholesterol and triglycerides were creeping up mm -hmm. in, into a high so range. So just lots of health issues starting to hit. And so what was it that, yeah. um, um, you know, uh, I mean, anything kind of unexpected? Well, you know, finally, um, you know, all those things were coming together, and I kind of felt God, you know, tapping me on his shoulder, shoulder saying, hey, buddy. You know, it's, it's, it's time for you to stop abusing my body. Mm -hmm. And um, after, um, I, I remember the day, it was August the 2nd of 2019. Um, 18. 18, sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had, that would be, yeah. that would be remarkable. It's in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had some heart-to-hearts with myself and God, and I finally took uh, mental and spiritual um, responsibility for my situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't know what you were going to say today, but you, when you made that comment about it starts in the mind, yeah. um, that's, that's very true because I felt like um, God had changed me on that day mentally. Well, one, one of the things we talked about at Subway, you're, you're saying that the, the load of research was it's, it's the food industry, it's not your fault, oh, yeah. it's you know, this kind of stuff, but you had a different take on that. Yeah, so when I, when I started that process of, of figuring out what, what am I going to do, um, which, by the way, August the 2nd was the day before we went on vacation, the best day to start a diet. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> um, but as I went through that research that I did, I, just, I did a tremendous amount of research on, on what I was going to do um, mm -hmm. to, to change. And what's interesting is, is through that research and those articles and books um, that I read, um, they all started pretty much the same way. They all said, you know, it's, it's not your fault. It's, it's, this, it's this reason or it's that reason, mm -hmm. and had a, a multitude of excuses and a multitude um, of, of quick fixes to the problem, mm -hmm. right? But when I ask, um, when I ask God uh, for discernment and wisdom, I got back something quite different. Mm -hmm. um, and what I got back was um, that the only person that was... Uh, at fault here was me, mm -hmm. that I was the reason because I lacked the self-control to do the things necessary okay. to, to make it different. So you were kind of talking about, um, uh, you know, we were talking about what you ate beforehand and what yeah. after, and I love this picture, this, this next thing. I'm not, we're not going to go there yet, but the, okay, we're going to go there. Uh, <laughs> but old diet example, I, look at the sodium at the bottom. Good. I mean, 11,696 versus 1,601. I mean, right. uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this stuff, but Jamie's kind of an organized guy. I don't know if you can tell this, but, <laughs> but the old di diet, and, every, and you, you said that, you know, it was just kind of quick and easy, and you'd go, 
what was quick. You had 15 minutes, a high-stress job, you know, only had 15 minutes to eat. Right. So you, wh whatever's quick is what you'd eat. You that's know? right. That's, yeah, so. Um, yeah, I guess I really didn't even think about it. It was like, uh, you know, that, that's literally two days, um, two different days. And you think, well, I had some eggs and chicken fingers and, you know, burger and some fries for dinner. You don't think that's almost 6,000 calories that you're putting in your body. Three times what they recommend a normal person that's eat right. during the day. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's basically an example of, of the same restaurants that, that we went to mm -hmm. um, and just making better choices um, that demonstrated some self-control. So you went from eating about 6,000 calories a day to, what, 1,600? Yeah, th through that process, it was about 1,600 a yeah, day. Yeah, and, and one of the things he told me was really amazing because I would think if I cut what I'm eating by two-thirds, I'd be starving all the time. But you found something completely different. That's right. Um, I found that I was actually hungrier on the old diet, that for whatever reason, um, it, it, it just, uh, you know, I'll wake up in the morning, I was starving, I was ready, I was ready to go eat. And uh, once I got the diet under control and started putting, uh, you know, nutritionally dense things in my, in my body, mm -hmm. um, it, it totally changed. Your stomach's basically like an addict. The more right. you give it, the more it wants. And so, that, that, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So uh, um, right. if you, I'm, I'm sure that James can make this available to you, but just look at the difference, and you feel fuller on, on, on the new diet. That, that's, that's just amazing. Right. So, so the results here are just amazing. You know, what, what's changed since you decided, I'm going to exercise self-control, I'm in charge of my thoughts, I'm in charge of this, and it's my responsibility. What's changed? I mean, obviously, we can tell a little bit, but what, yeah. what's, what's, what's changed? Well, I've lost over 130 pounds. Um, he's, he's half the man he used to be. I went, <laughs> thanks, appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. I went from a size 48 pant to a size 34. Check us out. Look at that. Those are the old, those are the old jeans. That was, that was taken yesterday. That was yesterday. So, yeah, we, wow. We, I kept a pair of the old jeans. Um, I've went through five different classes of, of BMI from class three, which is the highest obesity, to two, one, uh, to just being overweight. That was a celebration day. It was like, I'm, I'm only overweight mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to, to a normal BMI range. Uh -huh. um, I, uh, that severe sleep apnea I had is, is now gone. Um, I, I, do, I do not sleep anymore with a, with a, a CPAP, CPAP machine, mm -hmm. uh, which is remarkable. It yeah. was, that was, uh, um, my cholesterol went down to 69, which is like lower than the strictest of strict mm -hmm. uh, standards. Not really trying, just eating, eating well. Mm -hmm. uh, same with the triglycerides, they, they cut two and a half times. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is a good thing and a bad thing, but you know, I've had to replace my clothing like every stitch of it, mm -hmm. uh, three times. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I've got like every pant size, two or three of them from 48 <laughs> to 34 now. Wow. Um, Amazing. Little things you don't even know, you don't even realize that you're doing is you go to the grocery store mm -hmm. or go to Sam's and, and you look at the grocery cart, it's way down there, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, mm, I'll just carry it. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not gonna walk yeah. over there and get it. Uh -huh. um, but you don't even realize it's happening to you. Right. Um, and now it's you know it's it's very different because um, you don't you don't think about that stuff. You mm -hmm. just you just go do it. Yeah. And probably one of the one of the best things is um, you know I can I can go out on the ball field, uh, basketball court with Matthew and play basketball now and not not have to stop after two minutes. Mm -hmm. I can actually go out and, and play with him and. Uh, 
Well, to, to kind of demonstrate, if you don't mind me, uh, just kind of stand up there. Um, we brought in these. This is a bag of salt. Salt, yeah. Salt. And each one weighs 44 pounds. And so this right here represents the amount of weight that Jamie was carrying around. It's 130 pounds. We picked those up for me? No. <laughs> uh, so just two of these, 88 pounds, picking these things up and trying, and, and trying to run or trying to walk up and down stairs, everything. This, this is what you were carrying around. This, I mean, and it happens without even knowing yeah. it. And so I, I can't even imagine going through life with this extra. This is what you've lost. If anybody would like to come up and hold these, if, if, if uh, you know, this is what you were carrying yeah. around, and it's, so much, it's just like being released from jail, probably. Yeah, it is. You know, standing here today, it doesn't seem real that yeah. I was doing that. Well, uh, guys, but, but I was. Listen to this. I mean, that's... That's one. That's just one, and you're carrying three. So what's next? After, after getting rid of this, what's, what's, what's next? Well, Matthew and I, um, we have decided that we're going to take on a, uh, a 5K race. Right. So we have started training. Mm -hmm. uh, we've started training for that. Um, and then um, something I'd like to, to offer. Yeah, please um, do. Is, you know, one, one of the things I've, I've found very enjoyable about this process, I didn't, I didn't really expect it. Um, was, you know, there's been a number of people come to me and say, what, what have you done, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but but the, there's been several that have said, no, I really want to know and I want to understand and I want, I want to implement what I can to make changes in my own life. Um, and I have been able to work with, work with those folks and uh, they have actually implemented some of this stuff as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, so, you, and you as a family. That's Not right. Just, yeah. Yeah. That that was more um, unintentional through mm -hmm. the process. Um, you know, I you know, before I had kind of thought that you know I'd done a good job of teaching, you know, what diet and this that and the other was, mm -hmm. but um, in, in reality, uh, I had not. You know, it's actions speak much louder than words, mm -hmm. and uh, just by just by chain, taking responsibility myself and making that change, um, you know, I've lost over 130 pounds. Uh, but my family has lost actually over 210 together. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. That's remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. But, and so there are people I know that, that, that would love to talk with you, maybe, maybe even, uh, I mean, it's very, very inspiring. Um, and most of us don't think it could be done, but uh, you're living proof that it can, and it's just self-control. That's right. And uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to manifest that in yourself. So thanks, Jamie. Thanks You're for sharing. Right. I appreciate it. Yeah. And anybody interested in, 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 in that, please see Jamie about that. Um, to be fully satisfied in God, you guys, means being at peace with yourself, with God, and with other people. You don't need anything. You don't want anything. You are content, satisfied with God, his amazing grace. And you say, well, that's so hard. Yes, it is. Because Hebrews 12, 11 says this. I know a lot of you guys listen to Jamie's testimony and say, well, there's no way I could do that. Well, Hebrews 12, 11 says this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. It's painful to change. 
It's painful to, to look at ourselves and, and realize that we need to get some areas of our life under control, whether it's financial, whether it's, whether it's weight, whether it's exercise, whether it's uh, marriage or sexual, whatever it is, it's painful to understand you need to get that under control. But later on, the Bible says, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Everybody say peace. Peace for those who have been trained by it. Self-control isn't pleasant at the time, but it brings peace in your life. Think about this. Something about this. Think about the righteousness and peace of a family whose mother and father, whose self-control never committed adultery and never tore the family apart. Think about the peace that that, that family brings because of self-control. Think about the righteousness and peace that follows a person who, through self-control, lived below his or her means and now has no debt, no creditors calling, no bills, no arguments over money. Imagine the peace that happens. Uh, think of the righteousness and peace that follows a person who never says things in the heat of a moment and that they have to apologize for later, maybe doing irreparable harm to the people they're supposed to be closest to. Imagine the peace that follows that person. Think of the joy and the peace of a person who has self-control. It, do it doesn't always seem pleasant. It looks like foolishness at the time. You know that, right? Your self-control is going to look like foolishness to a world that's jumping off a cliff like the lemmings are. I mean, I mean, think about it. It looks like foolishness. When the entire herd of deer is running to the corn pile, you're going to look foolish holding back. True? I'm sure to the one lemming that doesn't jump off a cliff, he looks like an idiot to the ones that are jumping off. But it brings a life of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I want to invite the band to come on back up. You want God's blessing in your life? Do you? I, I do. I want God's blessing in my life. I believe that God blesses those who are obedient to him. I believe that. I would not be standing here in front of you if I didn't. You want God's blessing in your life? Allow the Holy Spirit to grow self-control within you. It begins in the mind. You make every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You be fully satisfied in God. Allow him to fulfill you. Fully at peace with God, with others, and with yourself. The Holy Spirit is active in our lives today, people. He is active in our lives. If you surrender your life to him, he will produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in you. That's the goal of the Christian. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's a mark of a Christian. The main thing is no one can control you but you. I'm going to ask a question that, that next week, if you have a testimony of God producing fruit through you, changing you, giving you victory, demonstrating fruitfulness, I want to know about it because the church would love to hear it. We're going to celebrate this visible series. We're going to celebrate the fruitfulness of God in our lives. So if you have a testimony that you would like to share that you think would help someone, for two amazing testimonies these last two weeks. Amen? And they're inspiring and they're encouraging. We're going to do an entire service of it next week. So I invite you to come on back. And if you have a testimony, please let me know. But self-control, allow it to guide and, and move your life towards God.